Ooh, welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, how you been? Doing okay. Uh, keep where, it... where you been, Sean? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we are back after a two-week hiatus. Apologies, everybody, for that. Uh, I was over in uh, the West Coast. I was in Vancouver for a bit for a work trip. Uh, made a venture down to Seattle there as well as part of that. And Scott, you've been trapezing all over Europe. Yeah, I think you mean traipsing. Uh, I, I that like be- trapezing. That's how you travel, right? <laughs> on the government budget. You just get on the trapeze and just sort of swing along. Swing along from place to place. Yes, that's right, Sean. I was away, but we were following all of the goings-on here in North America uh, not least of which was the Toronto Raptors, our NBA yeah. champions. Sean, can you believe this? No, I can't. I never thought that could happen. It makes no sense. It still sounds weird. And I was very excited and continue to be excited about it. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes no logical sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's pretty pretty insane, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but we decided to come, uh, with you, come at you today because some big news just dropped in the world of curling. Uh, actually, a couple of big stories in the last two weeks. Uh, so as of today, we learned the Curling World Cup for 2019-20 will not be played. Yeah, so less than a year after a glowing press release from the World Curling Federation about how great Kingdom Way Sports is, today a press release absolutely throwing them under the bus. Uh, Kingdom Way Sports, if you didn't know, was a subsidiary group of the Kingdom Way Group, which was founded in 2016 to fund a lot of winter sports, primarily in China, leading up to the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. And in their press release today, the World Curling Federation is saying that the organization has breached the agreement, quote, by refusing to make all payments as outlined in the contract, and that despite its best efforts, the World Curling Federation has not been able to be paid for the Curling World Cup, and therefore has decided to cancel it for next year. Yeah, Sean, not enough time to wrangle another sponsor in order to keep this going. And as you said, uh, last year we asked, who who asked for this World Cup? Who? And turns out uh, it, it was China yeah. looking to do better at their Olympics coming up in, in three years there. So, are you surprised? I'm a little surprised, uh, given that we knew where the funding was coming from. And if you just Google Kingdom Way sports or the kingdom way group and look at what they have funded they've been very aggressive in it and uh, it, it is a little surprising that this goes away as fast as it does you know we talked after the last one the the grand final there in beijing about next year and, and what changes could be made and, and it still hadn't been formally announced that it would go forward next year mm-hmm. and maybe that was a sign that it hadn't really gone well you know we talked about the ticket sales the TV coverage, at least in North America, wasn't probably as good as the World Curling Federation had hoped. The mm-hmm. fact that the two Canadian teams in Jennifer Jones and Kevin uh, Cooey, Kevin Cooey, no, um, who won the Briar last year? Uh, <laughs> like who was Team Canada this year? Uh, Brad Gushu, <laughs> jeez, uh, that they both decided not to play the event in Sweden. We said that probably wasn't a great sign right. for the future of this thing. So you, we, we heard through the grapevine. So I certainly heard a lot about it at the uh, Continental Cup in Vegas that mm-hmm. the federations themselves, the affiliated federations, were not pleased with the funding arrangement 
that they had to fund their teams and that some mm-hmm. of that was being actually passed on to the teams themselves. So with the short notice to get funding involved and get sponsorships for this, and of course the World Curling Federation has different rules about what you can wear versus certainly a normal tour event. So it, it just seemed like there were problems, solvable problems that were under the surface that we kept hearing about. I'm a little surprised that it goes away this fast. I, I would have expected a rejigging of it mm-hmm. but not a full cancellation yeah I, I i know what you mean and and when i read this headline today i was a little surprised but also like not that surprised <laughs> it seems when when dealing with outside funding for for this sort of thing that doesn't come from the member associations uh it's you know it's always a risk like with anything with this new football league they tried to start this year the funding fell through and they had to cancel the remainder of the season. So when you take on new ventures like this, uh, it's always a risk. And like you say, I don't think it gained a lot of traction, uh, at least here in Canada. Uh, We'd never heard anybody talking about it around the uh, table after a game or anything. So a tough way to go for sure, but uh, some lessons learned for WCF. And, you know, I, I think they really like the format of nations competing at something other than a world championship. Sure. So, you know, we'll see if they can come up with something uh, down the road that is funded by uh, perhaps a little more stable uh, group. Yeah, and you would hope, too, that not just with the funding, but also with the buy-in from the players. The, the players have to buy in or For else sure. it doesn't work. For sure. And we're at the point in the sport now where even though, and we'll get to it with the presidency rules, where... We see these players over and over again. It means a little bit more when they're wearing the, the province on the back. And the same thing when you see Nicholas Adin. It, it's a little different when you see him on tour at Conception Bay, with all due respect to Conception Bay, of course, and their team, Nicholas Adin, versus when they're playing as Team Sweden. It does mean a little bit more, or it, there's just something different about it. And maybe it's because there's the Olympic backdrop to it. And this is an Olympic sport, the whole the whole thing is now geared towards the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing for your country or with your country's name. That means a little bit more. So it, it is nice. And it was kind of fun to have that dynamic, but certainly from the North American perspective, the selection process wasn't all that clear. Why teams were going, how they were going to qualify for that grand finale wasn't necessarily clear all the time anyway. So there, there were some wrinkles to, to work out and they won't have a chance to. Yeah. And, and I, I, I really hope the players got all the money that they were playing for. I'm going to s- just throw it out there that I would be shocked if the World Curling Federation is n- are not the ones losing money in this deal. Uh, you'd hope so, but uh, y- you never know, right? And that the idea of the cost being passed down is probable explanation for why some teams decided not to go. But, you know, we'll... we'll uh, uh, we'll wait until those stories sort of percolate up, which I'm sure they will uh, through through the uh, grapevine. Yeah. yeah. So overall, uh, well, I, a, a fond farewell. I'm not as happy today with this as I was with the <laughs> with the death of the elite ten. The death of the elite ten was really one of your uh, favorite days. Yeah, right? definitely a, a real highlight. I, you know, I, I will say though that it it does ease some of the congestion in the schedule which is nice just from a, a fan perspective and maybe for some of the players too. You don't have the quick turnaround from event to event anymore, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. I feel a little bit bad 
for the people of Omaha, which from all accounts supported that event really well. And John Schuster, that team seemed to have a lot of fun that week when they won. Mm -hmm. So I think the real opportunities for growing the game were in the United States and in China. And that's, I think, what this was really more geared at. Yep. You have the event in Sweden. I don't think Sweden is that much of your target market as the United States and China. And Canada's fine. I mean, you don't have to grow the game in Canada all that much. I know curling clubs want to, but the the reason why you have this event isn't to grow the game in Canada. So for those emerging markets of the United States and China, from a curling perspective, I think this might hurt. But for the whole for the sport as a whole, from a fan sitting here in Canada, I'm not that sad. Yeah, I'm not sad. I won't have to watch. Uh, I won't be able to watch curling at 2 a.m. next uh, early September. And so. the, se- the, the second game of the double round robin. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that. That's the first big news. And Sean, as you alluded to, Curling Canada made a decision this uh, past week about how to handle out-of-province players. Yeah, so the problem is solved, and we're never going to hear about it ever again. And, exactly. And life is perfect. So uh, the the people at Curling Canada, in consultation with the players, Nolan Thiessen was very instrumental in this as whatever. He has a strange title, uh, but it, it's basically about liaisoning with the players. And they were working, have been working for a really long time, on how to deal with the roster situation where teams were basically just ignoring the rules or getting around them in in various ways. So the rule, of course, was you had to have at least three members of your team living in your province, and you could have one import. Now the rule is that you can still have one import, but the other three members have to either be living in the province or have been born in that province. Yeah, that's right, Sean. And so I don't know if it fully alleviates the problem, but it's a it's a home thing. Okay, what the first thing that you said to me when I told you about this was, "Oh, it's the Rachel Homan rule." And yeah. I showed you that Curling Geek had tweeted the exact same thing. Yeah, great minds. Uh, great minds. Exactly, great minds. I I come at it from another point of view here, Sean. I think this is a really interesting compromise and to my mind from from my view you know at 10,000 feet or whatever it satisfies all of the people that are uh you know sort of complaining about what's going on right so so Rachel Holman was born in Ontario grew up here competed her whole life for Ontario 20 years or something and because she got married and has has a family in Edmonton well, okay, she's only lived there for a year. What's her allegiance to Alberta, right? And so this provides a way for the elite teams to maintain some flexibility in their roster and in their lives. You know, they're traveling all over. They're meeting all kinds of people. You never know where you're going to settle down. I've lived in three different provinces myself, four actually. And, you know, it's nice to be able to have some certainty at the end of the day that, even if my job takes me somewhere else, I'll still be able to compete for my home province. And now on the other end, the, the provinces that don't typically compete, you know, maybe that they, they'll be able to attract a Brett Gallant to keep playing from PEI and not have to still live there, you know, because he left for other opportunities or whatever. Right. So so to, to me, it really satisfies both things. And somebody said, oh, what if 
Saskatchewan. It's going to be all guys that are living in Alberta, but they're going to compete for Saskatchewan. And my thought is if they win a briar for Saskatchewan, the people of Saskatchewan will be happy and they're home sons, right? So, uh, it, it, it's pretty good from both sides to me. Yeah. I, I think the concern or the awkward thing that I can see happening is four guys who live in Alberta and BC are playing for Saskatchewan and the, the thing at the start where they're doing the intros and Vic every end is talking about how they, the, the, the Saskatchewan team plays out of the Vernon curling club. It's going to be a little awkward uh, when that inevitably happens. I think the other area where this could be a little problematic is for the team from the north that in theory now Kevin Cooey can go team up with his brother and play out of the Northwest Territories if they wanted to and hell if they wanted to go and just run mixed they could get carrying on it too yep. and just destroy everybody in the country so I don't think you want to get to a situation where you have four people on a team who don't live in that place particularly if it's from far away you know when brad gushu retires for instance mm-hmm. and that day of course will come at some point maybe do you really want four guys scattered across the country coming together and representing newfoundland who guys who potentially haven't been there for 15 years that it, it opens itself to, up to an awkward discussion potentially that is the one area where i have some questions about it i do like overall though the i I agree with you that this satisfies a lot of concerns and the one that immediately comes to mind is for the fans that Mm -hmm. you want to when you're going when when you're one of the people wearing the the blue noser outfit Mm -hmm. at the briar or when you're going and you're wearing your green and you want to root for people who have a connection to the place. Mm-hmm. So this satisfies that. People can go, again, even if they're not playing out of the Mayflower in Halifax, if you know that they're from that place. Yeah. It certainly helps. And I think this is a big acknowledgement by Curling Canada and the players for that matter that the Briar, as constructed as a national championship with provincial representation and territorial representation is still the crown jewel. And that mm-hmm. they recognize that messing with that would upend things so much financially that ratings would probably go down, the attendance would probably go down. It's a, a, just an acknowledgement from everybody that the you could still have the briar, but have it as a Canada Cup format. But there's this is an acknowledgement that they know that that would not work and that would cost them money of course yeah you can't have your briar with you know three teams from alberta two teams from ontario and four teams from manitoba you you can't do that so the this this really works to me and you you talked a bit about the north uh i think this really helps the north you know You've, you've got young curlers who are playing in juniors that they might play six years of junior curling representing yukon or nunavut or or one of those but if they want to pursue some education, they have to come south. They don't They don't really have a choice. So they come south and then sometimes they'll go back, but not always. But then this ensures that if they want to keep, you know, representing their, their territory, they'll be allowed to while still, you know, trying to, I won't say better their life, but to, you know, make some changes that could maybe bring an impact back up north or pursue something that you can't. You can't necessarily do up there. Yeah, and I I don't disagree with that. But again, if you have a situation, you don't want 
it to be like a Brad Gushu in Newfoundland situation with somebody who doesn't live there. That's all. That's all I'm saying, right? Is is you you don't want to sort of export all the curlers and potentially have a negative effect at a grassroots or level or a middle class level where people who are club curlers, who are great club curlers might say, well, I'm not going to enter that. It's different because Brad Gushu is there, right? And I know he does a lot in the community to help build the sport in the community. But if someone's not there and it's that situation, that could get a little awkward. Sure. But, but at the same time, if you ask some Newfoundlanders, hey, would you rather your province be represented by four people that were born here but don't live here? Or, you know, Brad Gushu, Mark Nichols, and then Brett Gallant and... Jeff Walker, both of whom aren't from Newfoundland, mm-hmm. the last two. So, like, what what would you rather? Like, I, I don't know the answer to that because I'm not in that position. Being from Ontario, it's kind of like, who cares? Uh, uh, Ontario's, <laughs> Ontario just seems to suck everything in anyway. And I tried to escape multiple <laughs> times, Sean, and I, I haven't been it. able to. You can't do it. So, so yeah, I, you got to ask those people that. But uh, our our friend Megan who we curl with said to me, Oh, I wonder what this would be like for Saskatchewan. And I said, as long as those boys bleed rider blue or (laughs) bleed rider green and win, they'll be accepted no matter what. Yeah. Skies of blue seas of green, Scott. That's of course. (laughs) Sorry. That's the one I never lived in. I never lived there in, in Saskatchewan. And yet I did. Didn't have the privilege. Yeah. So, I want to, I mean, we, there's been a lot, I, I want to just say, uh, Carrie Galusha did tweet back at us when we posted our initial thoughts at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said that this system is the lesser of two evils and that it will have less backlash over having two out of province players on a team. Uh, she's not either for or ex- against, expressing but... support or, or disapproval for this, uh, but just saying that she was surprised that it happened. Uh, but I, I agree that of all the available options, this is the one that is going to cause the least amount of uproar amongst yeah. fans, uh, players. And the one that I don't think we talk about enough are the provincial associations. Yep. Either who, if you were to get rid of Breyer and Scotty's playdowns and have it be like a Canada Cup, the, the associations lose a ton of their revenue. Right. And they need that to keep going. So... We don't talk about it. We talk about the players a lot. We talk about what the fans want. But the provincial associations who, unlike the fans, have a seat at the table yeah. when these decisions are made, the, the they have a vested interest in ensuring that provincial representation continues at the national level. Yeah, and I, th- I think it it works beautifully. I If, you know, if I was born... Well, we'll born, see if it works beautifully. Well, well, if I was born, you know, in the prairies and... I moved to Ontario for work. I, w- I would rather represent where I'm from than this, you know, metropolis, uh, <laughs> mega metropolis. Ugh, I don't, I don't love, uh, <laughs> love Ontario, but, uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I think. I yeah. think it's good. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely see how this plays out in practice. Certainly there will be situations where people will be accused of bending the rules at some points that that will inevitably happen. Uh, but in the short term, it does resolve a bunch of problems. Not for Brad Gushu, mind you. Uh, and the potential of mm-hmm. Brett Gallant leaving the island. That's complete speculation on our part. But we'll see. I, I, you know, it, it certainly satisfies Rachel Holman's immediate concerns. 
and Jennifer Jones's immediate concerns mm-hmm. as well. So there, there's a lot to like about this as a compromise. Yeah. So last question then: Are you going to call it the Homan rule? Oh yeah, oh, no, no question, oh, no question. <laughs> the, the article that Devin Hero wrote about this, in the fourth paragraph, he talked about Team Holman getting heckled at the Ontario Provincial Championship. Yeah. So it's obviously it wasn't just myself and Curling Geek who had that initial reaction. Uh, so a couple of the other responses on Twitter uh, were just basically that we have to stop making rules just for Rachel Holman. So uh, yeah, that is the immediate reaction, which makes sense. Because they were the focus of so much attention over the course of the year. Yeah, I guess I guess so, Sean. But on that note, we should uh, we should say congratulations to Rachel Homan. Yes. So Rachel uh, had the baby. Uh, it's been a couple weeks now, from all accounts, healthy and happy. Uh, they posted a photo of Rachel in the hospital as they were being uh, discharged with uh, both mother and baby being healthy and able to go home. Everyone looked uh, happy if tired, Scott. Yeah, happy if tired. I'm, I'm looking for uh, the name of the baby because I don't want to get it wrong. No, you definitely don't want to get that wrong. So, But uh, I can't seem to find it. I think it's uh, Riot? So you're going to say that you don't want to get it wrong oh, and take a wild guess? I just found it. Yeah, Riot. Okay. R-Y-A-T-T. What a fun name. And yeah, uh, yeah born uh, June 2nd. Yes, and obviously not a spur of the moment name because they had a they swaddled in a riot. Uh, yes. Blanket. Yes. So they had that one picked out uh, picked out in advance. So yes, definitely uh, congratulations to Rachel and Sean and the entire family, uh, the Holman family out there. And uh, no news yet on Joanne Courtney, uh, but that probably won't be too, too long from now, or at least based on when the announcements <laughs> of their pregnancies were made. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So uh, some happy news in the world of curling. Absolutely. And I was surprised Devin Hero had time to write about curling as he was... Uh, furiously place. following the Raptors there, yes. but uh, good stuff. So this is this is going to be a real short one. We're going to take off now. Yep. But uh, what's next in the hopper for us? There, so Sean? next in the hopper, I didn't post it despite my promises to post it. So we'll post next week the behind the scenes at the Gay Nationals that we recorded back in March or April, whenever those were. Give you a sense of what that event was all about mm-hmm. and uh, who won and uh, what was going on there at the Ottawa Curling Club as we are now in the second half of Pride Month here in Canada and I believe North America, if not the whole world. Uh, so Well, we'll just call it the whole world. Yeah, so so our, our Pride Month episode will be uh, all the... All the info and and content that we got there at the gay nationals so that'll go up next week and i 100 percent promise that that will be posted next week yeah he's going to visit our folks this weekend so so i got a train ride he's got a lot of time a a pure edit train ride (laughs) uh, with the exceptions of when the drink cart comes around yes yes the gotta make sure you get those uh, drinks in no question so uh so hopefully that catches everybody up but if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can find us at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. Hope everyone's having a good summer out there, and we'll be back with you next week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.